Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. What a round of footy we just had. Round 25, the last round of the regular season. A good tipping week for myself. I got seven out of eight this weekend. So a great tipping week. Could have been better. New Zealand Warriors I had tipped, but the Gold Coast Titans through Tanner Boyd got a massive win there. Massive one-point win to seal them the game. But a really big week of footy. One of the closest rounds of footy, I think we've seen over the past few weeks so let's get straight into it first let's get started with the team of the week this week round 25 team of the week James Tedesco is at fullback his performance for the Roosters was sensational couldn't leave him out of that starting fullback spot Mike Acevo and Jordan Rappinock on the wings both of those guys were unreal and then I had Sebastian Chris and Valentine Holmes in the centers Dill Brown and Mitch Moses in the halves I thought both of those guys for the Parramatta Reels were unreal and I couldn't leave either of them out of the starting spots uh, Junior Paolo and Ruben Cotter in the front row. We had Reese Robson at nine. Britton Nakora and Angus Crichton in the back row with C.O. Siwa Takiaho at 13. Luke Keary, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Hudson Young, Clint Gutherson, Matt Lodge, K.O. Weeks, Keon Kalomotangi, Harry Grant, Scott Drinkwater and Jamal Fogarty on a big, big bench there making up a 23-man squad. Had to make their team of the week a little bit bigger this weekend. There are a lot of guys I had to chuck in that side. But now that the team of the week is done, let's get into the round that was in round 25. Thursday night, it was Para v. the Melbourne Storm. Melbourne had a really, really strong start in this one. I thought that they really started the game off strong defensively and in attack as well. So did Parramatta. There wasn't any penalties for the first 10 minutes of that game, which is sensational. Definitely the ideal scenario in a game of rugby league. Not having any penalties, a fast-paced game of footy as well. Mike Acebo, he had one of the best games of his career, hands down. He was amazing. His two tackles on Xavier Coates to save tries, those were amazing. Definitely the highlight of his game for sure. Defensively, he was rock solid. No one was getting through Mike Acebo. After the first 10 minutes of the game, after the penalty started creeping in, I thought Melbourne were quite poor. There was a penalty that they had received. They were in Parramatta's danger zone. They were looking to score a try through a forward pass pretty much straight away. I think it was through Jesse Bromwich, uh, but they gave away the ball pretty much first up, and I think it was a lot of wasted opportunities for Melbourne that lost them the game. I thought the Parramatta were just clinical in the big moments as well. Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown, uh, I thought they had a really, really strong performance. Clint Gutherson as well was amazing out the back. Dylan Brown's first try was amazing as well. It was terrible Melbourne defence, and it wasn't the best defence from Melbourne throughout that entire game as well. Jeez, Dylan Brown over the the past few, I'd say over the past 18 months, he's really improved as a player. He's been copying criticism, saying that he's only a defensive half, uh, but he's really proved us wrong. He's really come in, improved his game, leveled up his attacking game, and I think he's probably one of the better 5'8s in the comp now. I'd have him in my top four for sure. In terms of 
5'8 in the NRL right now uh, and how they're travelling. I think that he's definitely in the top three for current best 5'8s this season. He's been sensational this season and over the past few weeks, he's really proved that to us. Now, what about those two tackles from Olam on Mitch Moses? Brad Fittler barking orders at Mitch Moses on Channel 9 there, telling him to go over to Olam's side, telling him to drag him out of the line to make a hit on Moses, drag him out of the line, obviously to create play on the outside, but both times he really went over to that side, he got absolutely flogged, and then when you thought that Moses was going to quiet down, he didn't. He had an awesome game, Mitch Moses. That whole parasite had an awesome game. Junior Paolo and Regan Campbell-Gillard, both in the team of the week this week, I thought they were outstanding. Really, really solid performance there from the entire Parramatta outfit. It was unreal. Then after the Olam floggings, he gets flogged by Nelson Asofa Solomona as well, which was pretty unfair. Uh, on Moses's part because Nelson absolutely whopped him as well, a seven-foot-one giant absolutely destroying him. And then he gets back at the Melbourne Storm. He goes and tackles Kenny Bromwich in a big play as well when Melbourne were pretty much primed to score. He puts Kenny Bromwich on his ass, flat on his ass. Uh, really solid performance defensively and an attack from Mitch Moses, definitely the halfback of the week. Uh, Parramatta defense, as I said before, was superb as well as the attack. Everything was pretty much on point there for the Parramatta Reels. Gutho, as we said before, he was clinical, ball in hand. He was amazing. The cutout pass he threw to Mike Acevo was first class as well. So, a big game for the spine of Parramatta. Melbourne did score two tries late, but it wasn't enough. It was just too late in the end. They did score three tries late, actually, uh, but it wasn't enough in the end. Parramatta putting a scoreline on them in the first half, uh, and it was really over from there. But a really solid game of football. Probably one of the best games of football I've seen this year. It was really solid. It flowed really well as well. So credit to Parramatta. Great performance from them. Melbourne, they are at risk of being eliminated in week one of the finals. Could you believe that? We wouldn't have been saying that about Melbourne at the start of the season. I know I definitely wasn't. I actually thought they were going to win the comp this year, Melbourne. Uh, But... Looking at their side now, they could be knocked out of the eight of the finals by the Canberra Raiders in week one. So definitely a little bit different to how I saw this final series playing out. A lot different, to be honest. I thought that Melbourne would be clear in the finals. They'd be the minor premiers as well. It just wasn't the case. And yeah, as I said, they could be knocked out of the finals. And the thing is as well, Canberra has a pretty damn good record against the Melbourne Storm as well. So Canberra could definitely come with a bit of oomph in their side and and definitely win the game, especially with how they're playing football at the moment. I could definitely see Canberra winning next week. I'm going to tip the Melbourne Storm because I'm a bit of a pussy. I've mentioned this before. I am a bit of a pussy when it comes to tips. I don't like making big bets. I do sometimes and sometimes they pay off, but sometimes they don't. So big les, a big pussy when it comes to making big bets. I'm going to go for the Melbourne Storm here, but I can definitely see Canberra winning this game. But anyway, save that for the preview. The next game was the Roosters v the Dragons NRLW. I got the chance to watch this one. I was at the Roosters game on the weekend, Roosters South, uh, and Roosters and Dragons were the game before that, so I got to catch a little bit of that game. Can I just say, from what I saw, I thought the Roosters girls were on fire on the weekend. They were on fire. Sam Bremer just had a night out. She looked like she was on fire. She was carving up that Dragons defense. It was really her party. It's her world. We're just living in it at this point. Sam Bremer, she's in some really, really good form at the moment. Isabel Kelly as well. I don't know much about 
NRLW, but I can tell you one thing. I would not be surprised if the Roosters go back-to-back. The Roosters were playing some great footy. As I said, Sam Brenner was unreal. And Zara Tamara, I think she's really underrated. I saw a lot of her footy on the weekend. She was setting up most of the tries, uh, and she was kicking pretty much all of the goals except for the last one. I think she's super underrated. I think that she uh, doesn't get the big rap that she deserves. I think that she's been playing some great footy over the past few weeks in the number seven jersey. Uh, I think she's been doing really, really well there as well. So credit to Zahara Tamara, credit to the NRLW from where it was at the start to where it is now. Big improvement, adding more teams as they go. I can't wait till there's 17 NRLW teams. It's going to be unreal. I'll definitely be watching a lot more of it in the future. I didn't catch any of the other NRLW games, but that was the one I did catch. So I thought that I would talk about it since it was the next game after the first one. Uh, But the next game after that was the Manly Seagulls versus the Bulldogs. And a tight game in this one. One point deciding it through Matt Burton as well. Getting the field goal for the win in this one, Matt Burton. I thought he had a pretty decent game. I thought it was quite an ordinary game as well. A tight one at that. Uh, Dale Cherry Evans, 2 out of 4. Matt Burton, 2 out of 4. Conversions, 4 tries apiece with the Matt Burton field goal to finish it off. Braden Burns, Zach Docker Clay, Aaron Shoup and Kyle Flanagan scoring the tries for the Bulldogs. And then Cherry Evans, Christian Tuipoloto, Mark Powell, and Hamole Olakawatu scoring there for the Manly Seagulls. Now Manly, they were on a bit of a roll to start off this game, but I think it got very even very quickly. I thought Raymond Mariner. I thought he's been playing some good footy at the moment. A bit of a spark on the edge that the Bulldogs really do need. I think that he's played some really big games of footy over the past few weeks and he's really had a solid game in this one. He's had a solid past few weeks as well. He's really put in some hard work for the Bulldogs and some good moments as well for Matty Burton. Some that he's deserved as well over the past few weeks. He's been really, really solid for the Bulldogs this season. He's put in 100% effort every single game for them and I think they deserve this win to finish off the season. I think it gives them a bit of confidence going into next season as well. A few recruits coming in next season. I think they're going to go really, really well. I think they're going to maybe push themselves into a top eight role. I think to a top eight spot, I should say. But great stuff there for the Doggies. Manly, a bit poor. I mean, being up 16-0, then losing the game by one point. I mean, it's not the way they want to finish the season at all, Manly. I thought that to finish off the season in that way, it's definitely not going to give them any confidence going into next season. I mean, it was only by one point, but to finish in that sort of circumstance, to let a team come back when you're winning 16-0, I mean, uh, wasn't really the best from Manly. An ordinary game uh, in wet conditions as well, but... Look, I thought that for Matt Burton, it was a great narrative to finish off the season with his first season at the Doggies as well. So great stuff there. The next game, the Rabbitohs v. the Roosters. I was here for this game. I was in Allianz Stadium. Can I just say uh, they have done such a good job with that stadium. They've done it up really well. The lights on the outside, uh, just the interior, it almost seems futuristic. Like I was catching an escalator all the way up to the top floor when usually you'd be catching the stairs or maybe if you're lucky, if you're in members, you'd be catching the elevator, but uh, to be catching a bloody escalator to the top, I don't know if other people would appreciate that as much as I did, but I thought it was really cool. I thought that they'd done it up really well uh, to have live entertainment, a weird live entertainment, but look, overall, the experience was really good. I really enjoyed myself there, and a great view from where I was sitting right at the tippity top as well. Saw the whole field, saw all the action. It was unreal. Let's get into the game, though. The game, it was a really, really aggressive 
aggressive start from both sides. Really aggressive and one of the toughest games of the week bar the Eels and the Melbourne Storm. I thought this one was amazing. I thought Jared and Matt Lodge really set the tone in the forward pack. Jared Warrior Hargreaves most likely out this weekend up against uh, the Rabbitohs again. He's got a neck injury. Joseph Manu's been ruled out for the season now as well. Sam Verrills looks to be out with some sort of injury. I didn't really look into that one, but I will have to look into that one uh, over the next few days and get that one out to you. But really, really unfortunate for the Sydney Roosters having three guys out. With the bad comes the good, obviously. Suali'i, Daniel Tupo, possibly Victor Radley as well returning for week one of the finals. Do they rest Victor Radley? Are they confident they're going to win this game again through James Tedesco? And just while we're on James Tedesco, what a bloody performance. He was incredible. He broke the line about three times and just left no answers for the defense. And Latrell Mitchell had to clean up the messes a little bit, but even he couldn't clean up some of the messes of James Tedesco. He was an absolute freak. The way he moves, though, it's such a jerky movement. No one can tackle him. He's just got the weirdest running style I've ever seen, but he's so quick and dangerous as well. Uh, he reminds me of a guy in my team at the Coogee Wombats at the moment. Spencer Rowe. He runs very similar. We actually call him James Tedesco uh, at training because he runs with a really weird jerky movement and his steps are just hilarious to watch. Shout out to little Spencer Rowe there. Uh, but yeah, he's got the weirdest running style, James Tedesco, but it's awesome to watch the jerky movement, but the quickness, the agility that he has as well, it's just unstoppable. And James Tedesco having a massive season for the Sydney Roosters. And over the past few weeks, I think he has to be the MVP this season. He has been unreal. So yeah, James Tedesco had a big game in this one. Jared Aria Hargraves, Matt Lodge, really setting the tone in the forward pack. Also mentioned COC Waitakiaho. Victor Radley just has such an effect on this Rooster side for COC Waitakiaho to come in and fill in for that job. Fill in for Victor Radley and do such a great job as well for the Sydney Roosters. I thought it was a really good job. A really good job from him. He, for me, was one of their best players. He had to be my team of the week for sure. His game was amazing defensively and in attack as well. Really, really solid game and ball playing in the middle was first class as well from COCY Takiaho. Luke Keary as well. His kicking game was first class. He was amazing in this one, Luke Keary and Sam Walker as well. But Luke Keary really stood out for me in the number six jersey. I think that's one of the best games he's had this season. Obviously, he's been 50-50 since coming back from his injury. But I feel like, to be honest, he's slowly creeping back into somewhat origin form. I think that he has been great over the past few weeks. He's doing the little subtle things and getting it right doing the one percenters for his team and he looks really good while doing it as well Luke Keary but I think he has a much higher ceiling to reach and I can't wait for this final series I think he's really going to get there Luke Keary I think he's really going to stand up for his team the Sydney Roosters especially going into this final series a little bit depleted with their forwards uh, and Joseph Manu out for around two to three weeks but yeah James Tedesco Luke Keary those are the guys I think will stand up over the next few weeks for the Roosters and talking about Luke Kiri, he got Angus Crichton involved all night running at Lockie Ilias, running at Jackson Paolo, and at some points pretty much annihilating the South Sydney Rabbitohs defence. Angus Crichton, I thought he had one of the better games.
games of his year as well. I thought he was outstanding for the Sydney Roosters, Angus Crichton. Definitely one of the better back rowers this weekend. And it was through Luke Keary, setting him up with some good ball, getting him some early ball as well, letting him break the line, uh, and really letting Angus Crichton do some damage. And I thought that Angus Crichton himself was amazing on the weekend. So credit to Angus Crichton as well. Solid performance from him. Key moment, obviously, when Cam Murray got knocked out at the start of this game. He had to come off. I think that really hurt the South Sydney defense. We were talking about how the Roosters just exploited their defense really, really well. It was because of Cam Murray. I feel like Cam Murray made a huge difference to the confidence in the middle, especially when James Tedesco just kept running straight through the middle of them and tearing the South defense to shreds. I think Cam Murray was a big part to play in that. He was out pretty much a minute into the game, and it really hurt South Sydney. It really did, and I think that if he's out next week, I think we lose to the Sydney Roosters again. I don't care who Roosters have out. I think James Tedesco knows a lot about our defense now. I think he's going to carve us up. I really think he does. He knows our game plan. Uh, he's played us the week prior, which is not good for anyone, but uh, James Tedesco, I think he's really going to carve us up. I think if Cam Murray's out, he's really going to carve us up. I'm praying that Cam Murray is back. I'm praying that Damian Cook is all good to play in this one as well. Campbell Graham's going to be back. That's going to really fix our defense on the edge as well. And he's a big player for big moments. He loves the big moments, Campbell Graham. So if there is a chance for South Sydney to steal the game, it's probably going to be through Campbell Graham. I think that he's going to have a big one when he does return, if he does return into this side. Uh, the Roosters, they've got some guys returning next week as well. Suali'i, Daniel Tupo, uh, and maybe Victor Rudley. So... Look, it's going to be an interesting game. It's almost fair ground. If Cam Murray's in the side, it's pretty much fair ground. I'm honestly so pumped for next week. I hope South Sydney do get the win here. I'm a bit scared, though. I am a little bit scared for South uh, if they do get the win or not. Hopefully, we have all our guys back. Uh, hopefully, the Roosters have some of their guys back uh, as a South supporter. Hopefully, they have all their guys back as a fan of rugby league. So, it is a really tough game and a really enjoyable one as well. Hopefully, uh, no one gets injured in the first few minutes like Cam Murray did in this one. I'm really praying uh, that there's no injuries going into this game because we want these teams to be playing at their best. I know Joseph Manu's out. He can't really have no injuries, but uh, less injuries is better. I think that we want these teams playing pretty much full strength against each other to make it a really exciting final series. It's already going to be exciting games. Hopefully, there's not too many players out for either side and we get a really enjoyable game next week. Uh, but this one, I feel like this one was just a test of the water. I feel like next Week is going to be a much better, much bigger game for both sides, and especially since it's an elimination, there's going to be much more at stake for both teams. Now we move on to Super Saturday, the Warriors v the Gold Coast Titans. I thought that Viliami Vaila showed a lot of potential for a 19-year-old. I'm really excited for next season to see him really explode. 19 years old, great footwork for his off-the-scrum try. I thought he was amazing. I'll tell you what, in terms of how outside backs go, they've definitely got a lot of depth there at the New Zealand Warriors. Yes, they lost. Yes, Tanner Boyd, big moment for him. Big moment for Tanner Boyd. I honestly think that he has stolen the spot of Toby Sexton. That is my personal opinion. I think that he will be probably wearing the seven next season, if not the nine. If they want to fit as many players into this side, as many stars into this side as they can, particularly Jaden Campbell, I think that Tanner Boyd's going to have to go into the nine, but I could definitely see him wearing the seven jersey next season. But I also think we forget how good Toby Sexton has been before he was dropped. I thought he 
played some really good footy, uh, especially close to the opposition's try line. His grubber kicks, his forcing of goal line dropouts, I thought was superb. His kicking game, I thought, has been unreal this season. So look, it'll be interesting to see what Justin Holbrook ends up deciding for his spine, but I could definitely see Tanner Boyd fitting his way in there, whether it's at seven or, as I said, at number nine. I think he could do some damage at 14. We've seen him do some damage at 14 this season. I think he could definitely do some damage there if that's the route they seem to go. But I think he's pretty much earned his spot in the starting team. I think over the past few weeks, he's really proved that he is the future seven for this side. He's been playing some great footy in reserve grade and in first grade as well. So big wraps on Tanner Boyd. To be honest, thinking about it now, they had Jared Wallace at hooker on the weekend to start the game for 37 minutes. I think they definitely are desperate for a hooker. So Tanner Boyd, I think that's actually how he fits into the side, thinking about it now. If they're keeping Brimson at six, if they want to keep Jaden Campbell at one, I think that Kieran Foran will go to the seven. Tanner Boyd, I think he goes to the nine. I think it works out well for their side. That means Aaron Clark, he'll play in the number 13 jersey. Isaac Liu probably pushed to the bench. Uh, Other than that, I think the side that you see, or that you saw, sorry, on the weekend will be much similar to the side that we'll be playing with next season. But yeah, as I said, it'll be very interesting to see how the side looks going into next year as well. The Titans have a lot to think about spine-wise. As for how the game went, it was pretty scrappy. As I said at the start, two bottom eight sides playing a bit of scrappy football. But other than that, a pretty tight game with Tanner Boyd sealing the deal there with a field goal. The Warriors actually scored an extra try, but it was more so conversions uh, from Tanner Boyd that got them in front as well as a one-point field goal and a penalty goal. So as I said, Tanner Boyd, big game on the weekend, really big game, especially for a Warriors side that hasn't lost in New Zealand all season. I know they've only played a few games there. For a side that hadn't lost in their home ground all season, I don't know, as I said, only a few games there, but Reese Walsh, what the fuck happened there? At the end of the game, he says he has an injury. Now he wants to come back for Golden Point. I mean, what happened there? I was so confused, so confused. It didn't look very good on the TV, and it didn't look very good in the news as well. He got pizzled by the media and by New Zealand fans as well for that one. But look... Away from the negative, Josh Curran scoring two tries in the back row, showing how good he is, even though the first one was a bit ugly. I thought he had a pretty solid game in that one. Uh, and as I said, Viliami Vaila showing a lot of potential in this Warriors outfit. But all in all, a pretty scrappy game against a depleted Warriors side and a Titans side in a rebuild sort of phase at the moment. Now, the next game was the Dragons v. the Brisbane Broncos. And I thought the Dragons were clinical here. I thought they played some really good football. As for the Broncos, definitely not the way they wanted to finish the season. Deloise Hoyter, I thought he's been showing a lot of potential over the past few weeks. I could see him as a starter going into next season. Unfortunate uh, that the Brisbane Broncos, with a lot on the line here, a chance to make finals as well. They couldn't do that. Tamari Martin with the collapsed lung. Tony Staggs, uh, he has sort of dropped out of form over the past few weeks, not playing to the potential we know he can. I thought Zach Hosking is showing a lot of promise in this side. 134 run meters, 43 tackles in this game. I thought he was awesome. Zach Hosking, a bit of positive there for the Brisbane Broncos in Zach Hosking. I thought Payne Haas had one of his better games as well. 205 meters, 27 tackles in this game for Payne Haas. 63 minutes, big minutes there for Payne Haas. But still, wasn't the best game there from the Brisbane Broncos and the Dragons having a really, really solid one. Zach Lomax with a big game. I thought that Cody Ray 
Ramsey was playing some good footy as well. He just looked dangerous every single time he got the ball. Thought that Blake Laurie for the Dragons was great as well. As for the Brisbane Broncos, I just think there's something going on there. I think that they're just not confident at the moment. I think the confidence has pretty much gone down the drain. Uh, it was pretty scrappy over the past few weeks, ever since they got smashed by Parramatta. Um, I just feel like they haven't been playing the same footy. You also take into account everything that's coming out in the media about them, all the little stories, all the little sooks they're having about not being happy with Kevy Spray on the weekend. I mean, are you serious? Who is writing this crap for one? Who is being paid to write this garbage for one? And for two, why is this coming out about the club? Why is it coming out about the club? They should be keeping this on the hush if this even is a thing. I just think it's ridiculous, and I think that that's a problem that they definitely need to solve this off-season. I think that Manly, obviously, over the past few days, have had a few reports come out about their club and their club situation. So they let's just say the Broncos are a bit lucky at the moment that the Manly Seagulls have all this garbage coming out about them, and it sort of fogs up the garbage that's coming out about the Brisbane Broncos. It's not good at all. As I said, it's something they need to fix in the off-season, especially before next season. I mean, if they have any chance at getting Ben Hunt back to the club to play in the nine jersey, I don't think they want anything coming out in the media about them this off-season. I think they need to really work hard as a playing group, fix any internal problems, and then going into next season fresh, uh, and hopefully play some good footy as well to attract guys like Ben Hunt to sign their signature to go back to the Brisbane Broncos. It's definitely a possibility that Ben Hunt could go there I'm not saying it's a sure thing, but if they want to attract some more star players, they've got to play some more smart footy, some better footy as well next season. It wasn't a good loss. It didn't look good on them at all. But look, at the end of the day, I think that they probably should have won this game by a big margin if they were anything like the Broncos side we saw maybe six to eight weeks ago when they were in the top four. All in all, Ben Hunt had a really, really big game for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I thought his kicking game game was superb. 600 kicking meters, as well as a 40-20 in that one, running the ball a lot, creating a lot of havoc for Brisbane. I thought Ben Hunt had a really big game in this one, and the Dragons getting the win over the Brisbane Broncos. Probably not the result Brisbane wanted, but as I said, there's something going on in there internally they need to fix going into next season. Uh, but great game there. Not a great game, but a decent game there from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Now, the last game of your Super Saturday was the Cowboys v. the Penrith Panthers. And Valentine Holmes scoring a hat-trick in this one, having a massive game in this one. 38-8 to was the final scoreline. Didn't really expect much else. I actually thought that Penrith were going to maybe get the win here. I tipped the Cowboys. As I said, I'm a bit of a pussy. I may or may not have had a little voice in my head saying that the Penrith Panthers will maybe a chance of winning this one. But look, at the end of the day, a big game there for the Cowboys. I thought the Panthers played alright considering they were playing with a reserve grade side, uh, but at the end of the day, the Cowboys full strength team up against a reserve grade side, especially with Tom Dearden coming back into the team and the Hammer going to the bench, Jake Granville out of the side as I said in the preview. I thought that the Cowboys looked really, really impressive getting a big win against a reserve grade side. That's really all you can probably say about that one. Although Drinkwater was amazing out the back and some of his runs some of his passing selections. I think if he plays in this form uh, going into finals, I think he's going to be a lot 
lot of trouble for his opposition. But anyway, won't touch on this game too much. A big win from the Cowboys up against a depleted uh, Penrith Panthers side. Going into the Sunday games, the Knights v the Cronulla Sharks. No doubt in my mind that the Cronulla Sharks were going to win here. 38-16 to was the scoreline. I thought Nico Hines was fantastic in this one. Bar a few errors, I thought that he was great. 20 tackles, 0 missed, 231 kicking meters. I thought he was pretty solid. A few try assists as well. Pretty awesome game there from Nico Hines. thought not only in this game, but just throughout the whole season, the work rate from the outside backs, no matter who has been there, whether it's Sione Katoa, Ronaldo Molotalo, CSI Talakai, Jesse Ramian, Matt Ikevalu, Lockie Miller, Will Kennedy. The work rate in the outside backs has been first class. Lockie Miller on the weekend, 198 meters, 26 post contact. Uh, really solid game there. A lot of run meters, getting a lot of yardage. Uh, Matt Ikevalu, 140 meters, 56 post contact. Jesse Ramian, 186 metres. Ronaldo Molotalo, 114 metres. So the work rate has been unreal. Meter raiders in their own right. In terms of Lockie Miller, over the past few weeks, he's been sensational there at fullback. I think that it's going to be very hard for the side this weekend when Will Kennedy does return for them to put him back in this side because Lockie Miller, he's been doing a great job. I think that Lockie Miller may fit his way onto the bench in a 14 capacity. Maybe come on as a roaming lock. Maybe come on for Will Kennedy and play a bit of fullback, but I think he definitely deserves to be in the side, maybe a 14. He can play in the halves as well. I think Lockie Miller would be unreal to have on the bench there for the Cronulla Sharks going into the final series. I think that he's pretty much earned his spot there, uh, but Will Kennedy, as I said, it's going to be very hard to fit him back into the side with the form that Lockie Miller has been in at the moment. The only other real highlight for this game, there was actually two. Dominic Young, I thought he did really well on the wing, scoring two tries, one off an intercept, off a Nico Hines pass. I thought he was great in this game. Dominic Young, if there's any highlights there for the Newcastle Knights. I thought the Newcastle Knights played all right in this game, but Cronulla, they just towed them up at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, Dominic Young, definitely a positive for them. The other one was Luke Metcalf off the bench. In 19 minutes of football, he ran for 136 metres. I mean, that is incredible. To run over 100 metres in not even 20 minutes of footy, I mean, that is just unheard of. So Luke Metcalf having a big game in this one as well for the 19 minutes he was on the field. And then a little extra point here, maybe three extra things I should say uh, from before, but Matt Moylan as well. I thought he looked really energetic. I thought he looked really fit. I thought that he looked really good alongside Nico Hines in this game as well. A big game for the Sharks there on the Super Sunday. And then the final game to close out the round, the blowout. The one blowout. We were waiting for a blowout. We got one here. 56 to 10. It was 42 nil at halftime. 42 nil at halftime, it's unheard of. The West Tigers, they had a shocker. They really did, really disappointing to finish off the season. I mean, Sebastian Chris for the Raiders was sensational. Jordan Rappiner as well, 158 metres in that one. They were first class. I thought that Sebastian Chris and Jordan Rappiner on that side were amazing. Hudson Young as well, definitely one of the better games I've seen him play. He was solid in defence and he was solid in attack as well. Scoring two tries in that one. But Jesus, for the West Tigers, oh... My God, they probably couldn't have had a worse end to the season, especially with all the drama that's been going on. You look at, obviously, uh, Luke Brooks and Jackson Hastings, obviously at the back end of the season with their injuries, uh, but even before that as well, everything coming out in the media about them and uh, just losing the confidence to play football. 
uh, losing Luke Brooks and Jackson Hastings I thought was massive because they weren't playing with the same excitement or confidence that they'd been playing with those guys when they had those guys sorry in the side Farmanu Brown I think moving him out of hooker was a mistake I thought they had a lot more x-factor with him at nine uh, Jock Madden I thought that he did really well it was just a side that wasn't moving forward it was hard for him to play his football he really does go well in a side that is moving forward though Jock Madden I do realize um Adam Dewey, not playing the best footy that he's played in a long while as well. And look, I'm telling you now, we know what Adam Dewey is capable of. We know what Adam Dewey is capable of. He's capable of great things. But over the past few weeks, the whole sort of confidence in the club internally, I think, has gone to shit. Really has gone to shit. And I feel sorry for West Tigers fans. I don't mean to be rude or anything. I don't mean to disrespect your club in any way, shape, or form, but I just feel like the confidence has gone out the window, and it's really unfortunate for you guys. It really is, and there's a long way to go before that gets fixed. Hopefully, Tim Sheens is the start of the way to fix that, the start of the remedy. He's not the full remedy. Getting Charlie Staines into the club isn't the full remedy either because he's a fullback, a guy that wants to play fullback, and you're going to shove him on the wing most likely because Dane Laurie's at fullback at the moment. If they if they honestly get rid of Dane Laurie for Charlie Staines, that's, that, that'll do me. That will do me. I think that they need to keep Dane Laurie. They need to work with him. They need to really mould him into a great player because he already is a great player. He's shown us that during this season, he's a great player. But as a whole club, internally, they need to sort out the media rat. Whoever the media rat is releasing all this garbage about internally the club, uh, the coaches, getting Michael Maguire sacked. I think that was a big ploy in the West Tigers' downfall as well, having Madge Maguire sacked from the club. I think Brett Kamali... I don't think he's been unreal. I don't think he's been great at all. I think he's been terrible, to be honest, as a head coach. And no disrespect to Brett Kamali, but I think he's been really average, really average for the West Tigers. He hasn't done much at all. I know it's hard going from assistant coach to head coach, especially in that time period when they're struggling, but I thought he was just not what they needed as a head coach at the specific time that they're in. I think Tim Sheens is going to be all right for them. I think even he's not what they need. I think they need a hard head in there like Shane Flanagan to really set the tone internally and externally, playing football and away from football, to set the tone, to set the culture at the club. I think they need a hard head like Shane Flanagan in there. But anyway, away from that, it was a shocking game from the West Tigers and a shit way to end the season, and it's going to give them absolutely no confidence whatsoever going into next season. It's going to make the stars that have signed there for next year feel like shit, especially Api Korosau moving from the side that's coming first in the comp right now to the side that's coming dead last. For Isaiah Papali'i as well, a guy that was 50-50 about even going to the club, I am not surprised. When you have your top stars in the club getting absolutely pizzled by the media and then having to come out the next day and play a good game of football, uh, it's just going to do a lot to your confidence, especially things internally happening from the outside looking in doesn't look good at all. People that don't want to be there, personally, I don't think Brooks really wants to be there anymore. I don't think Hastings really wants to be there anymore. Again, I don't know that. That's pure speculation. But if I'm at a club and I'm listening to someone give me shit all day long, every single day in the media, internally in the club, not going to lie, as much as I would want to stay around the boys, there would be a part of me saying, get me the fuck out of here now. It's not looking good for the West Tigers. I'm sorry to absolutely pizzle you West Tigers fans out there. It must be hard for you guys as well, having to watch the club at the moment with the little 
uh, dry spell they're going through. I wouldn't even call it a dry spell. It's a real shocker. It is a real shocker, especially where they were at the start of the season, uh, beating top eight sides. They were beating top eight sides at the start of the season. To where they are now, it's just not good enough. And hopefully next season they can start to get that rebuild going, start to see some improvement with the addition of Api Korosau and with the addition of uh, guys like Isaiah Papali'i as well. But just quickly touching on the Canberra Raiders going into finals, going into this final series. I think they're going to be a real danger. I think that they're going to be the side that no one expects to go well, but end up do going well. I think they're going to maybe have a chance of beating the Melbourne Storm in the first week. Maybe they will have a chance of eliminating the Melbourne Storm in week one. It's going to be hard with guys like Cameron Munster. Maybe Jerome Hughes returning as well. I don't think he will be with that calf injury, but there's a chance he may be returning, maybe not. Uh, it's going to be hard for the Canberra Raiders, but I think they could definitely get the job done. And if they play the footy that they're playing right now, I think they could definitely get that done. And I think the statement win on the weekend against the West Tigers is definitely going to scare them Melbourne Storm a little bit, so I can't wait for this game. I really can't. Raiders and Melbourne, it's going to be unreal. And speaking of that game, let's get into the games for next week. Let's have a look at the finals week one draw. So on Friday, we have the Panthers and the Eels. Saturday, it is the Storm and the Raiders. Uh, also, the Sharks and the Cowboys. And then Sunday, Roosters, Rabbitohs at 4.05 p.m. There you go, guys. That was your preview. As I said at the start, tipping 7 out of 8. Only one I got wrong was the New Zealand Warriors game. I tipped the Warriors. The Titans won by one point. Bite me. There you go, guys. That was your round 25 review. And I can't wait for finals week one. Wait.